2: In that case, I pronounce
1: you
0: lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your Holy Host. Happy to be with you this Sunday, as I'm with you every single Sunday, right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and of course the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you uh, this morning. If you have a theology question or a life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A., please call 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Empathy is defined as the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. It is at the root of Christianity. If you don't understand empathy, it is impossible to be a Christian. Impossible. It is to understand the power of The death on the cross, the very act of the death on the cross was empathy. Standing in for someone else, taking the pain of someone else, the burden of someone else, is the very act on the cross. It can't be lost the modern day Christian, especially the modern day Christian in countries uh, of great wealth like the United States, it has become more of a brand than the actual working faith that it's designed to be it ends up becoming something that hangs on a necklace or is slapped on the back of a car, then the true working faith that by its nature transforms people into something that is bigger and more important than themselves. Now, although different translations might put this particular scripture in the category of the shortest scripture, and some may not. Most people know uh, this particular passage as the shortest scripture, or the shortest verse in scripture. It's John 11.35, and it simply reads, Jesus wept. Since your early days of faith, I guarantee that that verse has popped up many times. You hear people commenting on it. Oh, do you know? Almost like a trivia. Do you know what the shortest verse is? And that's fun to go back and forth and to learn those things. But when was the last time anybody talked about why I wept? What is it about that moment that was so important to place it in Scripture? Because there are so many moments that were not in Scripture. They weren't written down. wasn't necessary. But it was necessary to put the verse, Jesus wept. When you think about this verse out of context it means nothing it just lets people know about my humanity but there's not a lot of focus on my humanity for a specific reason in scripture cuz scripture really is focusing on my ministry that's why you you know see me being born and there's not much about my childhood or anything. And it's what a lot of people refer to as the 18 lost years and all this. But they're not lost. They're just not important to the story. The narrative is really focusing on the faith actions and the teaching. Not me building uh, houses and structures and things like that. It was focusing on my ministry. So why would me weeping be powerful? Well, if you look at the context as to what was going on, you had people I cared about, Mary, Martha, my friend Lazarus, and Lazarus, Even though we were tight and we had family and uh, friendship bonds, this story is an interesting one. Because as you have this moment where Lazarus is dying, I'm feeling their pain. Strangely enough, now I knew that I was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. There was no reason for them to mourn, his loved ones to mourn. They were upset because they felt that if I would have just been there earlier, that I could have prevented it. I knew that there was going to be a moment where their sadness was released from them and Lazarus would walk again and they would be filled with joy. I could have not wept knowing those things. The reason why I wept because my friends were sad. They were mourning Their grief was my grief. Their pain was my pain. Their sadness penetrated me because I loved them. Even though it was going to change in moments, even though it would turn around and something else would come from it, I wept because those I cared about wept. I loved them. They were in darkness. They were in despair. And I felt that. I felt that. And I was in pain because they were in pain and that gets lost it, it it is it becomes this trivia question about the shortest verse when really the power there is empathy that entire verse is about empathy you can't live your faith separate from people you are forever intertwined with humanity because every single person is a child of God it is the Jesus Christ show I am your Holy Host, happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday, right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you uh, anywhere in the U.S. of A. With your theology question or life situation question, dial 800 That's 800 Empathy. Empathy is at the core of not only the Christian experience, but the faith, the very faith that you claim if you claim Christianity as your faith. If you do not have empathy, you cannot be a Christian. If you are constantly pressing against others rather than learning who they are, you cannot be a Christian. If you separate your views and constantly put them into political categories and not biblical categories and faith-based categories, you cannot be a Christian. That becomes your faith, your politics. We've talked about that many times on this program. That if you get wrapped up in all the peripheral things in life, and don't go back to the book and the basic principles of your faith, then stop using the name. So many people think that saying the words God damn is using God's name in vain. And in one context, it most certainly is. But the reality is that when it talks about using God's name in vain, it is when you slap that moniker upon your chest and say that you are a Christian, yet you live antithetically to the Word of God. That is using Christ's name in vain. Not some... uh, Goofy offense to words. Not to clutch your pearls because somebody made a comment. I can handle that. Trust me. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com.
4: It's my little escape.
3: Now Judy's the life of the party.
5: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
3: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> Jumba. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for
2: your chance to redeem some serious prizes. J-j-jumba. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: What bothers me is when people stand and say that they are adhering to my principles And then they don't. Christians focus on curse words. They worry about gambling and drinking and these things. And there's a place for all of that. My focus is on the core of being a believer. The things that press humanity forward in a way to understand the will of God. And the Bible is very clear 1 Peter three eight says, All of you be of one mind. Be harmonious. Because if you don't have empathy and understanding for one another, Scripture is clear. You cannot be of one mind. You cannot connect with one another. And you certainly cannot love one another. <laughs> It is The Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and of course the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the USV. Dial 800-520-1534 that's 805201534 empathy it is at the core of the christian experience if it is not you're doing it wrong all throughout scripture it talks about empathy it is interwoven through the entirety of the fabric of who a Christian must be 1 peter three eight all of you be of one mind, connecting that way, in some uh, in some translations, it says to sum up, let all be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, the one mind there that is so powerful, that harmonious description is about finding the mind of Christ and that's what all Christians should aspire to right understanding the will of God the mind and the heart of Christ but it can't be done without empathy now to be connected to be harmonious and one with everyone being of one mind You have to have an understanding. You have to be connected with other people. And how you can have that empathy is simply done by understanding these things. And when you respond to a news story, when you respond to other uh, people of different backgrounds and ethnicities and all of these things... Male, female, black, white. When you're trying to understand, you must follow the questions that will bring you the right answers who they are, how they became the person they are, what they know, how they learned that information. What is important to them? What, what do they hold dear? Why do they hold it dear? How they feel? And most importantly, why they feel that way? Oneness that is talked about in Scripture, that empathy that is talked about in Scripture, that harmony that is talked about in Scripture is created by treating one another with compassion, with love, with tenderness and courtesy and those qualities are the beating heart of empathy are at the very core of it. Romans twelve fifteen rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. It doesn't give any qualifiers there. It doesn't say as long as they're of the political mindset you are, as long as they're the same color you are, As nothing to qualify. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And it goes both ways. Interestingly enough... Social media has created a culture, where a show-off culture, a braggadocious culture. Look where I am, look who I am, look how I look, and all of these things. And I get that it's off-putting. But in a lot of ways, it should be inspiring. When it says rejoice with those who rejoice, it is equally as important as weep with those who weep. when you see rejoicing someone enjoying themselves or finding peace or happiness or joy somewhere, you should be rejoicing with them. But ask yourself, does it trigger feelings of competition? Does it make you jealous? Does it make you somehow want to show that you're doing better than that person? That also is a problem. The purpose of all of this is for you to continue to connect with people, not only the believer, but the unbeliever alike. To connect with humans as humans are all children of God. They were all designed and created by the same creator. And if you see a difference, even in those that have different faith, then you're missing the point. You you have to be connected. Hebrews four fifteen says we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, meaning that those that lead in the church must be filled with compassion and empathy and understanding. If they aren't, they should not be leading a church. They should not be leaders. And that goes for any leader. If there is any organization in the government or in power of any kind, and it does not have empathy, for people they serve, that's a problem. And that starts with the church. It must. And having that connection with people, having that understanding as to, as I said, breaking down how to know somebody. Who are they? What experiences have they had that made them become the person they are? What do they know? How did they learn it? What are the things that they hold dear and why do they hold them dear? How they feel and why they feel that way. We've done this exercise on the show over and over again. Somebody called one time, upset with hate in their heart. Because they were cut off by a cyclist or something on the road. And I described a different scenario. I said, What you didn't know about that guy riding that bike that day is he had just lost his mother. And they used to ride together in her youth. And the only thing he knew to do was to get on that bike and ride. As the emotions flooded his body, he just got on that bike and he rode. Not thinking about much else than the focus of his loss and his sadness. And the caller said, I, I never thought of it that way. Because you have been taught to not think about others. The world continues to pull back on interaction. From the gas station to the bank to everything else, you pull out the plastic, you swipe it, and you go on your way. You live a life of on-demand, which has become a key phrase for getting what you want when you want it. You don't have interaction with people the way you once did, from the bank teller to the gas station attendant. Everything is, and with COVID, certainly there is less contact. And you find that you get what you need from a machine than from people. The world continues to set you up to be disconnected from humanity. Find your way back. Find your way back to empathy. Don't make life an, an us versus them. They're there. You're here. Don't make it that. Connect with people. Find your similarities. Understand your differences and the things that make you different. Embrace them, love one another, and care about each other.
0: With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)
2: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.
1: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question. Anywhere in the U.S. of A., dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. And welcome to the Jesus Christ Show.
1: Yes, good morning. Um, Hi there. Can you hear me okay?
3: Indeed I can. How can I help you?
1: I would like to just say a few words and then ask my question so I okay. can kind of give you an idea because I don't want to get upset. Okay. So, um So I think I'll be speaking for a lot of people when I do this issue. Um, I have a 40-something-year-old son that has had an accident and has had TBI for 4 years now and there's it's been a huge struggle and um it affects to be well he's a Christian man and um and we are as well and a Christian family and had a strong faith have a strong faith try to hold on to that through this but my son when it happened he said I don't know what's wrong, and I don't know where God is. And he always, you know, had peace and would work through it with Jesus and and you. And, um, and then he's saying that it feels like demons are attacking my head. And so over this course of four years, it has changed all his relationships with his family because they say things that, bother him you know and then his brain doesn't let it go and they don't know what to say he doesn't know how to be around them and you get more and more isolated and Mm -hmm. um you can't play with the children anymore just and then i guess the hardest thing is is there's been so many tears because as a mother you i don't care how old your child is um You have that connect. So when they're down, you're down. It's just like a a giant roller coaster ride. Like, oh, I think this is helping me. Bam, you're down. And it's severe. And it isolates you. And you look okay to the world. But the world hurts you. And I have, you know, the peace that passes understanding. I have my faith. But it is shaken. And there's so much sadness that. I think I speak for a lot of families. I can't go to church anymore because there's too many tears. So I'm starting to get a little weird as far as that. So I'm going to let you speak and I thank you.
3: Well, and I'm sorry. That is a lot that uh, to take in. And the thing about brain injuries or anything uh, dealing with mental capacity and things that people take for granted, are incredibly difficult because they don't normally show on the outward, so it's not like a broken arm or something that people kind of take into account so it makes people nervous um, they They think that there's um, that, they, that someone can't be trusted because they don't understand what the injury is and how it affects people, and I know that that's a a very intense burden uh, and when you you take that on like that when you take on um the burden of someone like that when they are your family, when they are your son, it's gonna weigh heavy. Are you part of any groups, um uh support groups of people that are in similar situations so that they can understand and well, I do uh, that, help you understand. But mm-hmm. it's
1: just you just break down in those groups. And uh it's just uh, really hard and um, sometimes he, and he's not he can be totally trusted and his emotions are raw though and you just never know and, and you know he has no control over things taking him down you know and but mostly if he gets angry it's over an injustice so I bet someone has done not his family but others in the world but He's okay. not harmful, but he he loves people. He loves children, and um, that's so not. So you're good saying, it
3: and Go are ahead. you saying that family members don't want him to be around children? Their children?
1: No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the children he used to be able to play with and love in that way. That when this happens, everything changes in an instant, and you don't know. And you don't know where God is, and you're always hoping it's going to get better, but there, you can't play with them anymore because sounds and noises and those, like post-concussion mm-hmm. syndrome symptoms, and mm-hmm. so it isolates you, and I think the way I, I can describe it, and maybe for a lot of families, because the Church hasn't been real helpful with it, there's not a lot of things out there, and and it's very expensive, and then things don't work, but it's kind of like someone looking through a window and wanting to be part of that, you know, and can't do it because it, it takes them down inside for whatever reason, and it, it actually hurts them. So, I mean, that's, that's the problem. It's, it's almost like you're in mourning for yourself, mm. who you were, and it goes on and on and on.
3: Wow, that is a, a, a really well put description of the pain you must be experiencing. The fact is you have a physiological and you know, psychological and all these different things going on that there's not going to be one way to deal with it. You're going to de- need to deal with it in certain ways, which means to get away from it on occasion, to uh, replenish your spirit and fill your spiritual gas tank for you you have that's separate you have to build up yourself separately so that you're not continually pulled down and the second thing, along with the guidance of doctors and professionals um learn to uh understand it even more and- you know uh what those triggers might be, how to protect from those triggers, and how to interact in in a way that is honest um but you know um uh in understanding. Um, of what things might set him off or put him in that mood. The fact is, his mind is not going to be comprehending the same way it used to. And it's like learning a different language for you. And those parts are gone. Possibly. And you need to almost re-engage how to communicate um, in a different way. And it is going to be kind of like learning a different language. But it can be done. Absolutely can be done. And you sound like you have the love and determination to do it. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here. Answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and of course the afterlife, I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question, anywhere in the US of A, dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Michelle, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show.
4: Thank you so much. I walked outside this morning. It's so beautiful. I am very grateful and thank you. Amen. Okay. I'm <laughs> sorry. I wanted to address the uh, the first caller you got in this hour was the the man who was very angry um, that he had been cut off.
3: And oh, no. Was, I was recounting uh, a story yeah, of I'm that. Just it wasn't.
4: Yeah. Myself. Yes. Got mm-hmm. it.
3: Sorry.
4: I'm just a little nervous. Okay. Oh, no, no. And I struggle with that matters of faith every day of my life. And this is one that bothers me, because in the Bible, it says, you are your brother's keeper. So when I see cars run through red lights, which I am seeing more and more often, I go sort of bananas. And I think a large part of it might be ego-driven, but also I look at be your brother's keeper as oh panoramic. that. It, it can, like many other instances in the Bible, not be limited to just one interpretation. So the fellow that, that the cutoff driver, yes, perhaps he had just lost his beloved mother, but does that excuse him from being aware that other people are on the road, that if the driver that almost, almost hit him had actually hit him and worst case scenario killed him. The horror that would infect the driver's life, his life would be changed forever by the truth. Yeah,
3: Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Most certainly. Um, but here's the perspective that I want you to see. And you are absolutely right about being your brother's keeper has, um, two, two sides to that coin. One, um, you're supposed to look out for them and that may even be to help protect them from themselves sometimes. Um, but also to be aware of others. The only way it works is for everyone to be doing it. That's why that wave is so powerful on the road because the thing that makes, and you're right, it is ego driven oftentimes because people are saying you're cutting me off,
4: yes, yes you're
3: affecting I... me it's very self centric you're you're affecting me that when someone waves, they're saying, I see you um I'm sorry, I do see you. people don't like to be ignored or not seen, and it causes. Uh, As a matter of fact, you're seeing that right now. In the community, you have people of different colors. You have people from different backgrounds. And right now, uh, uh, black folk in your community, they're not a separate community. I know everybody tries to separate everyone. It's one community with different people um, have felt for a long time that it's not their problem because they're not black. It's not their problem. And so those in our community that are not being heard will get louder and louder and louder. It's human nature to say, I'm here, recognize me. It it, it comes from the same place when someone cuts you off or mistreats you or doesn't see you, cuts in line that annoys people because they're saying that's not fair and you're not seeing me and it starts small. And if it continues, it will get louder and louder and louder. And the only way to quiet that is to understand each other. So my point there was not, that there aren't people in the wrong at times. Of course there are people will cut you off and they're, and they're self-centered but I worry about each individual and it starts with you. So if you can see that other person and understand them, then maybe you're going to understand the person behind you next time too. And you're not going to cut them off or you're going to acknowledge them. And it's a system that truly only works if everybody is participating. If you separate into my problem and not my problem, then you've got a problem. So my whole point about that analogy was not to make one righteous and one unrighteous. It was to, to, to make people connect with one another and see each other as actual individuals.
4: I thought your argument was very persuasive, and I am thankful for it. But I, in my case, I spend a lot of time being angry about the self-centeredness of, of other people, and I think my thinking is is that it's also involved with what we call old-fashioned good manners. That yeah. it is an act of loving respect. If someone that you are kind to people, and that you don't you don't cut someone out of line uh, because for any reason, but. You do it because you respect the other person 's right or privilege of standing in line where they are, and you don 't take that away from them
3: oh you you will get no argument from me uh michelle you you 're right that it ha but it, you can only control your actions, and my point is like when i i 'm talking to couples, I often will tell them and scripture backs this up, and people mistake it all the time that the man should be doing nothing uh, but focusing on the needs of their partner just as a a, a woman should be focusing on the needs of her partner. And if they're both doing that, everybody gets taken care of Mm -hmm. because they're focusing on each other. The problem, the breakdown in all of this is that once somebody stops thinking that way, then everybody goes to grab their own stuff. Well, then I'm just going to get what I can get, uh, and 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 then they stop. The system breaks down. So it really starts with the individual. Everyone needs to participate in it. Everyone needs to um think about well, you know, because running a red light is not just obnoxious it's deadly so there's more to it than than that but if everybody looks and says um for instance i'm not wearing a mask because um because it only protects me i'm wearing a mask during covid because it protects you it's a sign of kindness not a political right it's a sign of kindness if you make it political you're losing sight of the spiritual ramifications of saying i see you i don't know if this works or doesn't work scientists and doctors are saying it's important i'm going to do it out of respect for you and um in doing so you're showing that you care uh, when you stop at a light you 're showing that other people are are important as well as your own safety. These things have to be instilled when you let someone get in the elevator before you when you open the door for someone you 're all you 're doing is you 're you 're not saying i 'm a man and you 're a woman i 'm a you 're saying "I see you and i 'm i 'm putting you ahead of me. And people don't do that these days. And it's because of a breakdown in the system. It's because everybody is trying to get their own thing because they don't think anybody is going to provide for them. That anyone has their back. And that system is a breakdown in how people are interacting with each other. And once that permeates a system of kindness and interaction
0: for free at Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Boyd were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: It's really difficult to get out. To pull out, to back it out. And sometimes people think that old ways are old ways. And these are the new ways, and that's the wrong thinking. That means a lot in many things. How people perceive each other. Um, the equality of different races, the equality of men and women, all those things, those are the things that should be changed and you shouldn't be looking at old ways. But courtesies, common courtesies and basic kindness, um, those things should be kept forever and ever and ever. It is The the Jesus Christ Show. I am... Your Holy Host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. Of a. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. I will tell you this. It is a busy, busy call morning. So if it's busy... Um, just know that every time uh, we end a call, that gives, frees up a phone line. John, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show.
2: Yeah, Jesus, I have a question about idolatry. Uh-huh. Um, being in America, we're always taught that we're supposed to have freedom of speech and question everything. So if there's a particular group of people, and especially a narrative that's being taught, uh being a history junkie, I want to dig into everything and question it. So I get the feeling that if there's something that can't be questioned in any way, it's a form of idolatry.
3: Well um So So there's certain groups of people and certain narratives that uh I'm being told I can't question or I am this or that and I'm being called names for that. Well you know, what, I, John, I got to tell you something. Your tone comes from a weird place and I can feel it in my bones. So I'm going to say this. Um, it depends why you question things. And we've talked about this on the show when it comes to doubt. Um, doubt has to have a purpose. If you're doubting just so you don't have to learn, And you say, well, I just, I'm cynical and I want to see through things and I want to hear through things. You'll never adhere to anything. It's an excuse. So if you're talking about um, uh, pushing, you know, uh, saying, well, I just want to question things. If you're questioning them honestly because you want an answer, that means it's time to be quiet and hear the answer. If you're questioning them so you don't have to, be confronted with an answer, um, then then it's disingenuous. So you have to search your own heart and say, why am I doing this? What is idolatry is if your politics uh, transcend your faith. Absolutely. And I see that all the time. Um, I know people who claim to be Christians who actually worship their political denomination Um. More than or their patriotism, more than their God, and in that case, absolutely, it's idolatry. To ask a question is to want an answer. To ask a question to inflame or to incite or to stir stuff up, um, it's it's a two way street, and there is uh, always that time where someone needs to be quiet and listen. In Scripture, uh, it says. Be still and know that I am God, which is a polite way in Psalms um, for God to say, shut up, sit down and learn. And so right now um, you can dance around the fact that that you have issues with uh, political movements uh, because you think they're political, like Black Lives Matter, or you can be honest with yourself and say, it's not a political movement, it's a human movement. And that by definition, um, if you try and bypass what's being said, uh, then you're going you're to lose the context. So here's the deal. Are questions important? Yes. If there is anybody, any movement, any politician, or anything that you can't question, you absolutely are right. It is uh, the emperor has no clothes. Nobody will point out the problems. But it's a two-way street. And people have to be listening. And there's also a time and a place for asking those questions. And um, you don't sit in a funeral and say, you know, there's a lot of people saying nice things about this guy, but I always thought he was a jerk. It's not the time and the place. So understanding and reading the room And letting people speak. There's just some things you don't have to question. And it's an excuse to not activate. You don't have to sit there in Nazi Germany and go, well, does does this Hitler guy have a point? No. There's no questions to be asked. You should understand inherently as a person of faith and a person of reason when there's time to move. You can, uh, there's an old saying um, that um, you can be paralyzed by asking too many questions. And you get to the point where you are analyzing so much that you're using it as an excuse to not do. And in that case, yeah, you're in a bad place, brother. You are in a very bad place. But if you're asking questions to learn, like we talked about earlier, if you're asking questions to be empathetic, to learn about the situation, that's great. But if you're If you're doing it as an excuse to not hear about someone else's experience or understanding, then you're going to be at a loss. You already know your experience. You already know your experience with law enforcement, your experience with the government, your experience with all these things. You already know yours. So unless you're asking questions about theirs to understand them and not to try and entrap them, then it's disingenuous. You're not, you're not doing anything except trying to stir things up or push your own opinion. That's, that's, not, that's not learning. And when somebody's speaking loudly, there are the types that just want to lock their child in a room and there are the types that sit down with them and say, you're obviously very upset and I want to know why. Ask yourself which one you are. It is The Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere. In the USA, dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Barbara, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show.
2: Hi, thank you. How are you?
3: I am quite well, and you?
2: Oh, the same. I I live in a rural area in Southern California, and it's just gorgeous in Fallbrook.
3: Hmm.
2: We really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. And I got out of Orange County just in time. I was going cuckoo. (laughs)
3: Well, I bet that you have found your peace.
2: Sort of, sort of, yes. Uh, How can they help you? uh, Well, I have both, I guess, theology and and life questions. Uh, So uh, I'm half Japanese and then Scotch-Irish and Bohemian. And so uh, my mom was very submissive to my father, and so we were raised Catholic our entire lives. And, uh, and I, you know, I just, I did all the sacraments, I did everything, went to church every Sunday. And finally, you know, when you're 17, you're rebellious and said, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. And, uh, so dad says, well, you got to go to church if you live in my house, um, otherwise get out. And so 17 year old Barb says, well, looks like I'm getting out. <laughs> um, so, you know, I was talking to my mom. And I'm like, Mom, how are you believing this? And she goes, oh, da, I don't believe. I just do it because it makes your dad happy. And so at that point, I, uh, I left home, went to college, and separated from the Catholic Church uh, for about 40 years. Um, never lost my faith. Um, and uh, when I was in college, I met a wonderful girl, and she was my roommate for three separate times. And uh, she became a born-again Christian, and her belief is that the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. And I guess my question is, um, Christianity versus spirituality, and I just can't believe my God is a just God, my God is friendly, her God is this ferocious lion-burning um, God, and... uh and we just, we just see different points of views. Uh, when her son was five, her son was bawling. And I'm like, Josh, what's wrong? And he says, my mom says you're going to burn in hell because you don't believe in Jesus Christ. Or no, no, because you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. Uh, so I do believe in a higher being. Um, I have a ton of faith, spirituality, um, nature is definitely, um, you know, my my relief from the world. Um, I have tons of animals. That's that's really what I'm about. Um, and so, I guess my question is, belief in Christ versus spirituality, um, and and what are your thoughts? I just I just can't believe a just God would uh, would forget more than half of the world. And I don't know, there's, you know, billions of Chinese people. They got to be doing something right, too.
3: Well, let's let's look at a couple of things. First of all, let's point out the obvious. You called a show that the name of the show is The Jesus Christ Show. So the perspective you're going to get here is mainstream Christian beliefs. And I want that yes. said because, of course, that's going to tie into the answer. Um so it's not like it's completely unbiased. Um right. but let's look at a couple of things. Define spirituality to me. What does that mean?
2: Uh belief, uh, strong faith in a higher being.
3: Okay. Um so what? What does that do?
2: Uh so for me it it gets you into the afterlife, and uh, and also, uh, you live forever.
3: Okay, so that's kind of a pass. It's like a a ticket in, sort of.
2: I guess, yeah. Belief in okay. a higher being.
3: Okay, so let's look at that in in real everyday terms. Um. Do you hunger physically for food?
2: No. I actually well. hardly eat. I, I don't uh,
3: <laughs> Okay. But you have to eat to live, right? So you I, do I, eat.
2: So if I, I, okay. uh, I do I do eat. Um but even if it's twigs uh, and berries, like, you're today, eating something. Today today my fiance gives me a, a burrito and an egg and chorizo burrito and I go, mm, I can't eat it right now. So I don't normally I, I kind of fast until about eleven or so and well, let's, and I'm just I drink tea.
3: Let's switch things up here for a second. As a, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, because I'm enjoying our conversation, and I and I, I want to give it the time it deserves. Why don't you hang tight? We'll take a quick break, and then when we come back, um, we'll talk some more. How's that?
2: Perfect. That sounds great. Thank okay. you.
3: Hang tight. Oh! The Jesus Christ Show I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 800-520-1534. The phone lines are going to be busy right now, but when uh, we finish a call, you know that there's room. We were chatting with Barbara, um, who uh, is talking about spirituality and the importance of spirituality versus believing in one particular faith or one particular God or these types of things. And I just, it's such a wonderful and interesting conversation. I didn't want to cut it off uh, with the time that we had. So, uh, Barbara, thanks for hanging on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um so let's move past the food analogy cuz that's that doesn't sound like okay. it's uh, your cup of tea <laughs> and you you mentioned a uh, fiance
2: Yeah um, he's sitting here with
3: Well he's a uh, a lucky man to have someone so thoughtful and um and centered
2: Actually I I've, I've always been told my entire life that I'm too empathetic and that I need to think a little bit more of myself and uh, not other people before me
3: well, let me tell you something. We need more empathy. And if you have to take double portions because uh, most people don't do it, then God bless you for taking on that burden. Uh, but yes, there oh. is balance in all things. Uh, and, right, uh, right. Um, in the Christian scriptures, it says, uh, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So if you're not loving mm-hmm. yourself first, you can't love them. So balance in all Correct. things. Now, right. um, so let's talk about the fiance for a second. Okay. Are you are you relationship minded? Uh, are you couplely minded, or are you actively in a relationship with your fiance?
2: I we're actively a couple.
3: Okay, so he yeah. doesn't live. So we've,
2: known each, we've known each other only six months, so but everyone that meets us says. Now, how long have you guys been together? About like 10 years or so. And they don't mean it in a bad way, but they mean that we just seem so spiritually connected that everyone, you know, everyone thinks that we've been together a long, a longer time than we have been. And, and we're a bit older, too. We're in our 50s. And uh, so we both have lots of life experiences, too. So I think that's why people think that as well.
3: Yeah, and that's a, that's a powerful thing. And and a, and, a, yeah. and I hear that from a lot of people that when they uh marry older oftentimes that they they're just a little more refined in what their wants are than when they're younger. Mm-hmm. But the the point being that he's not living somewhere far away and he doesn't have a name and you're saying, "Well, uh I have a spiritual boyfriend." And he doesn't have a name i
2: have a christian boyfriend
3: no my point being that if judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com
4: it's my little escape
3: now judy's the life of the party
4: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
3: whoa take it easy judy (laughs) The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some
2: serious prizes.
3: Ch-ch-chumba.
2: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: If he's nameless and it's a spiritual relationship that you don't activate, it, it doesn't mean anything. Spirituality doesn't mean anything. People say it all the time and and really it's an excuse to not be doing, to not be participating. You don't have to be accountable to spirituality. It kind of is what you want it to be. It it, it makes you, it makes you a believer and you don't have to be like an atheist, uh, but it doesn't do anything. It has no purpose. And I find that when, and I don't put this on you because I think, I think you actually are a very deep thinker, but Um, I think most people use it as an excuse not to have a relationship with God. And if you don't have a relationship with God, then it doesn't mean anything. It might as well be a a tree branch. Um, It doesn't, there is no practicality. And in logic, they say that there's three steps. Let's say it's a pencil. You look at it, you say that's a pencil. It's an instrument um, that you write with. The second step is I believe that is actually a pencil and it's an instrument that you write with. But if you don't pick it up and write with it, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't, it it has no, yeah, it has, but it has no value because you're not using it. So Mm -hmm. um, if you believe in writing and you believe writing exists, but you don't write, it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't, it has no purpose. So spirituality has no value unto itself, unless it's connected to something like it's people say, oh, there's power in prayer. No, there's not because it depends who you, Pray to. It's like saying there's power in the in the phone. Well, not unless you're calling the right person. You know, if right. I if I believe the power's in the phone, and I go, "Oh my gosh, uh, I'm bleeding, <laughs> um, I'm hemorrhaging." Well, I'm going to pick up that phone, and it's going to save me. No, it won't. But if you call nine one one, it can.
2: 911, yeah, yeah. So yeah.
3: So spirituality means nothing to me because it's not attached to anything. And it's a, it's a word for, it It puts a label on a can, but nothing in the can. Um, mm. So if it's like saying, I believe in, in mothers, you know, but here's,
0: if well, you do. go into a,
3: okay. But as a, as a six year old, you go into a grocery store and you yell mom and half the women turn around. Are they your mother?
2: They're somebody's mother.
3: Yeah, but they're not yours. No so you have to you have to understand that there are definitions to these things. God has to be defined uh in a way that is personable and that connective, if not, it doesn't mean anything. so when you say God, it has to be attached to something. also, you start talking about exclusions, and I know people get right. hung up on that, but i want I want you to understand something: no truth statement ever is made without exclusions. Nothing. Two plus two equals four. It can't equal three. It can't equal two. It can't equal one. Truth statements... Oh, we're by- working.
2: we're working on that one right now. My, myself and my, I'm sorry to say this, my spiritual advisor. And uh, I, I am a mathematician. I've been a math teacher for 30 years. And uh, we are doing math philosophy together. And Jeff, what did we say? One plus one? No, I can't. Oh, I can't remember all of the... Oh, one
3: half is equal to zero. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, no, no. Philosophically, I mean, say, philosophically, there's no that. such thing as one half because it can always be halved and halved and halved. But there's yeah. a different math mathematically being uh, between theoretical mathematics and actual mathematics. For instance, mm-hmm. uh, infinity exists, right? Correct. However, you can't have a book with an infinite amount of pages, even though you could mathematically split those pages uh in half on paper you can do that mathematic equation you can't have a physical book with an infinite amount of pages so correct you start getting into uh a multitude of issues and you know what you have captured my interest so much i'm going to ask you yet again (laughs) to hang tight and we're going to come back and talk some more
2: through this last uh, last thing so uh, my fiancé is a former Marine major, and he says it's not COVID-19, it is COVID-infinity.
3: Yeah. Well, there are no former Marines. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Ooh. Right, tight. And we will That's talk tired. in just a moment. So hang tight. The Jesus and Barbara Show, I guess at this point, I am your holy host, happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. The ever patient Barbara is back with us as we are dealing with so many different philosophical and theological um ties here. I want to unravel it a little bit and give it some breath. So Barbara, again, thank you for for hanging on, I cannot remember the last time I brought somebody on off after the top of the hour um, like well, that. Thank but thank you.
2: Mm-hmm, thank you. So, so the topic we're talking about spirituality versus Christianity. Uh, I've been uh, I've been arguing with my girlfriend Naomi for thirty years. And so we just agree to disagree. And I, I think you and I are about on that page too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably.
3: To so let's let's yeah. let's look at uh let's continue to go back to these things. Uh you started to understand some of my analogies, uh is my hope. Spirituality has no value unto itself. it, it is really an excuse not to be accountable. Um the same way as if you just dated, which you could you could just date, but you are committing to someone who's your fiance. Mm-hmm. You're committing to them because there's power in that commitment and there's power in that connection. When we talked about Correct. math, you went down a philosophical uh, path, but philosophical math doesn't mean much. Um, it, it's like uh, quantum mechanics. Anybody who says they understand it don't understand it. So if you mm-hmm. get into philosophical math, it's fine as a uh, mental experiment. Um, but it's, it's not actionable. And uh, to prove that point, I will say the last thing you want, Barbara, is somebody to be a physical, uh, a, uh, uh, a philosophical mathematician when they're, um, writing out your paycheck. Um, you, that's you don't, that's
2: true. I'd like somebody right? to know how to multiply
3: (laughs) yes so when you get uh so i have people that go hey i you know um i don't believe there's any absolutes in life i think your belief is your belief and all that and you say okay um here's gasoline drink it
2: because whatever
3: you believe it is it is there are things that are true period in all ways in all senses and if you don't believe them, you could die. So mm-hmm. there are, there is value in, in absolutes. There is value in coming to a conclusion. And by definition, the law of non-contradiction states that your husband can't be your husband when he is, and you're not your husband at the same time, in the same way, in the same sense. Oh, okay. so, so you're participating in, in truths. And the truth yeah. is that if he feels, listen, I feel that relationships should be spiritual, which means that if I feel a connection with someone else, other than my spouse, I should express that. And that that doesn't, that's, that's a reason, an excuse not to be committed, you know? Right, right. So why get married at that point? And right. And so would, there are but, there are absolutes. You do this. Now, it's not yeah. about you believing in mothers, as we talked about. It. It's believing who your mother is that has power. You don't just go home with any mom because she's a mom. Doesn't make sense. No. You Go home with your mom.
2: But sometimes there's a better mom. Says who? Uh, says says the uh, four children on my property that are not my children.
3: Well, that, no, no, no. no. Okay. Sorry, no, no. I, want, I just want
2: to switch, but they still have to be
3: defined. You still have to define them. They're they, yeah. now they're yours. I'm not saying that there, there, there isn't bad mothers out there. Of course there is, but mm-hmm. you still have to take not, on that role as mother. Yeah. Overwhelmed. They, they, yeah. So it, it, yeah. you, you can't just use philosophy to move from reality. It, then it has no value as a matter of fact philosophy philosophy should be understanding reality, not getting rid of it so um so all of these points that I'm making is to show you that you the things that you don't participate in with your faith you participate in every single day of your life you come home to your home, not someone else's home you come right. um You define the only people that get into your house are the people that you know or you choose to come in. You don't just say everybody can come in.
2: Most people say that I invite too many people into my home and into my life. So my contractor's been here about uh, two weeks, excuse me, two months. And his right-hand man uh, keeps going, hey, Barb, no good deed goes unpunished. And I look at him and I say, no, John, I don't agree with you. I think good deeds do go unpunished, um, but but I, I seem to be getting burned here a lot. Well, I no, a, the, uh, yeah. there's a
3: there's a point where people misunderstand kindness and all of those things. It doesn't. You shouldn't be a doormat. That's not kind. Um, you know Maybe. nice when you dive into the definition of nice and the early purpose of the word, it actually kind of meant stupid, and it mm. was be- because people would uh there they would it 'd be somebody who Take would kind of man- let you know walk all over them
2: right right well i so, think that 's what i do or that 's what they feel i
3: do and and you ha- there has to be a point now that doesn 't mean to give you know my producer Neil's the same way he he gives people de- He's diplomatic. He tries to see other people's sides. But if there's an injustice or something that you have to step up and you have to go, no. And um, otherwise, n- nothing will ever move forward. As much as you are a student of humanity, you're a teacher of humanity as well. And if you're not teaching people what's wrong or, um, and you're only learning, that's not a good thing either. It should be a give and take. So all this to say, Barbara... <laughs> That spirituality doesn't mean anything. You don't have to be a Christian. You can decide whatever you want. But if you're going to be a person of faith, it has to be atti- attached to something. And it has to be exclusionary. If it's, not, if it's mm-hmm. all consuming, like everybody's right, then you are, um, you are going against the law of non-contradiction because different faiths contradict each other. So they can't Correct. all be right. They can all be wrong, but they can't all be uh-huh. right. So, uh, bouncing back and forth simply is, um, the only ones that get into your house are people you invite or you allow, but more importantly, who, you know, you don't just
2: some people have come here uninvited and we're like, wait, who are you?
3: (laughs) Well, that's (laughs) weird.
2: That's weird. And change your locks
3: often then, but you don't just leave your, you have locks on your doors and your windows, right?
2: Absolutely.
3: Okay. So I understand you keep going to these literal places as to where you feel, but you don't live that way. You just don't. You have locks on your doors. You have locks on your car. You have locks on your windows. You There are people you want in your house and there are people you don't. So the only people Correct. that get into God's house are the people that know God personally and connect with Him Correct. because it's His house. That is not unreasonable. It is not. And it um, It's. It, it,
2: Go through Jesus Christ.
3: Well, if there is a god, I don't understand why there's a Barbara and she's one person. Um people mm-hmm. don't go, "Oh, I know Barbara." Wouldn't you hate it if people looked at you and said, "Oh yeah, I know Barbara." Um yeah, she's a um a really tall white lady with um she teaches English and um she has a horrible uh, disposition, uh, towards, uh, others. You'd mm. say, you don't know me. That's not me at all. Nope. So no, God's the same good way. Good right. God's the same way. He says, don't make me something. I'm not God. Isn't even a he. So it's, it's right. all these things. So all that's to say in the Christian belief system, there is no way to get into Christ's house By believing in someone else. And there's no way to land on, um, to understand God unless you have a personal relationship with God. So Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, as we come up against another break here, and I'm going to let you go on this one, Barbara, the conclusion is this. Your faith must be personal, personal and connective with God. If it's not, it's not real. There has to be consequences to your actions and there has to be rules. Otherwise, you're not accountable. And if you're not accountable, then the faith means nothing. It has to be able to be applied to your life in a real way, in a real manner, and not just philosophical. Because again, that means nothing. If there's no consequences and only perks, it doesn't mean anything because you can't learn from that. You wouldn't want that in a parent. You wouldn't want that in a God. The only people that get into God's house are the people that know God. If you reject God throughout the 60, 70, 80, 90 measly years you have in this planet and don't want to get to know him, he's not going to force you to get to know him in eternity. So he will allow you to go to a place where he is not. And it's not by punishment, it's by respecting your choice to not want to know him. So these things are the things you need to think about And if that leads you to Christianity, great. If it doesn't, so be it. Um, But all of those things have to be weighing heavy on your heart. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. Uh, don't forget, you can follow me during the week and uh, during the show on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. So, um really enjoyed my conversation with uh, Barbara and uh, going down that path. But uh, I want to explain a few things, uh, you know, to wrap up my thoughts in the conversation is your faith needs to be actualized and it needs to be productive. It's not just enough to understand that there is a higher power. You'd think that your desire would be if there is a higher power to understand more about that higher power and to connect with that higher power. I'm always so fascinated to see what people will do to meet Celebrities and uh, to what lengths they'll go to to get an autograph. But the concept of climbing mountains to seek and to know God seems foreign. That is idolatry. That is when people get wrapped up in their political beliefs or their positioning. In life, rather than what God wants them to do. Prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. At that point, then you, you, you. it's all for naught. Seek not the will of the government. Seek, seek the will of God. What does God tell you you should do in a situation? And the only way you can get that answer is to have a personal relationship. To connect yourself with the will of God to see throughout life what comes your way as a child you go through the grocery store with your parents saying i want this i want this i want this i want this that's not so you can get what you want it's so you can learn the will of your parents saying no that's not good for you it's filled with sugar we'll get this likewise when you pray or you make demands of god which you shouldn't do but when you say this is what i want or whatever then God will say, no, honey, that's not what I want you to have, to teach you the will of God. You can't have those things being spiritual. You only get those things through a relationship. Why would you have a physical, personal relationship with people in your life and not have one with God? Everything you do on earth is a reflection of what God wants you to do with God. Have a relationship, connect, check in, learn, exchange. All of these things cannot be done with spirituality. can only be done with a personal relationship. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Always so much better when you're here with us as we are here with you. This Sunday and every Sunday. Thanks for listening to the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Uh, I'm not going to give out the number because we have been packed today and uh, taking a lot of time with different calls. Let's talk to Marilyn. Marilyn, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show.
5: Oh, yes. Uh, Hello, Jesus. Hi. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Oh, the I'm mine. happy that I was able to finally get through. How can I've I help? Try- you? I've been trying for a long time.
3: <laughs> oh, well, um, bless your heart for being um, uh, consistent and tenacious. We're happy to have you.
5: Thank you. Um, there's a lot about my problem that I, I already think there is a solution to, but I just have not been able to put it in play because it's a person who. Uh, he has a heart condition that I've known for since 1985, and when his mother died, his his life just like fell apart. He nearly died. I I uh, saved him when he was having a heart attack, and and then he just seemed to go downhill from there on. And there's uh, common things that you talk about all the time that he he could be taken care of, but for some reason he doesn't do it. Uh, the things that, you know, would, would help him, like calling the, the county and getting in, in home support services to help him, you know, do the everyday things that we all have to do, like cleaning his car. And it just seems like he just can't seem to do these things. And yet, you know, he does care a lot about me, but I can't always be with him. So I, I'm I'm at a point now where, I, I'm kind of like, <laughs> between a rock and a hard place, I want to help him, but um, I, I just, I don't have what a, a regular caregiver would have.
3: And has he given you, or have you had this conversation with him? Have you asked why he doesn't want to use the services that are provided?
5: Yes, and I usually get, well, I can't do everything, that's what he'll say. I'm it's- I'm not Superman um i'm i'm mr uh uh do everything and 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 then it just comes to a standstill, and he also is supposed to call the veterans uh because that fell through the wayside a long time ago uh They told him he didn't have the proper paperwork and he couldn't find the proper paperwork because his life is always disorganized because he he doesn't have the help to get it organized. I think you get the picture.
3: Yeah, it's a vicious uh, cycle indeed.
5: Yes, and I've had two infections so far, uh, and I I don't want to get another one. Uh, They've had me on antibiotics, and now my finger is infected again, and I may have to...
3: How did that happen? uh,
5: uh, When I was helping him um, put air in his tire, uh, I should have been wearing gloves, but, you know, you get that black stuff on your hand, and then... Uh It, and they had just put me on antibiotics, and now it's back again. And if it, if it doesn't heal again, I may have to have my finger operated on. So,
3: <laughs> so but you, I, got I, you know, I,
5: if I had it to do all over again, I still would have saved his life. But his family is not helping. They have they have totally divorced themselves from him. Ever since his mother died, and and her mobile home was sold. They don't want any more to do with him at all. And so this has fallen into my, so to speak, lap. And when he was transferred from a rehabilitation center after he had his heart problem, he was put in a halfway house and his life was nearly threatened. And by the way, he is a born again Christian. uh, And he was put in a halfway house, which I don't even know the name of. They never gave a name.
3: Did he did he ever work?
5: Yes, he did. He, he what did he held do? several jobs, many jobs, and a lot of them fell through, unfortunately. And it's very sad because when his mother was ill before they sold her mobile home, uh, he was the one who was taking care of the mother most of the time. Uh, the other members were only over there, you know, a little bit. And if I hadn't been there, uh, I think he would have died uh, from from that heart attack, because there was, there was only, I couldn't even call an ambulance. I had to do it myself. There was only 20 minutes to save his life. The doctor said that if it had been longer, he probably would have died because he couldn't breathe while I was taking him over to the uh, urgent care. Mm-hmm. So the family wants nothing to do with him anymore. So there you go.
3: Well, I, I find it, so he says he's not Superman. Do you think that the things you're asking of him to do are are above and beyond, or are they just the new normal?
5: Um, you could have a point where they could be above and beyond, but I think it's because he let himself go so long that now it's becoming onersome to him or honorsome to him uh, because he, he can't walk very good without a cane. He has to have a cane all the time. And
2: mm-hmm.
5: He broke his clavicle uh, because his sister didn't find him a mobile home. Uh, when she said she was going to get him a mobile home, that never uh-huh. happened. And there was no railing where he was living, and he forgot his cane, and he fell, and he was in the hospital. He was in a, a post-acute, and she was only in there a short time. And then when I confronted her about his trunk having to be put out or he wouldn't have any battery, in other words, helped to get the light out, she said we don't want anything to do with it anymore and she got in her car and drove away.
3: Wow, that's uh he sounds like he's in a, a bit of a mess and
5: Right, you're these, right. You're uh, right, think, Jesus, he is.
3: Uh things kind of spiral out like that and Yes. and it becomes problematic you. there because now now it's a uh, you know, now it's this massive problem.
5: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You're
3: and, exactly correct. And yeah. so uh, it's there's you, you can't you can only be 50% of a a relationship yes. once once you get past that um you know it's it's just it's broken you you can't
5: yes i agree it, with you
3: so there's not a whole lot you can do um mm-hmm. except guide or you know hopefully help him see um you know, the path that he's on, show him resources. There are certain things you most certainly can do. Uh, mm-hmm. um, your finger, so are you telling me that you, you had a cut on your finger and the uh, the the nastiness from the tire got in that cut or something? Is that how you yeah, got the so infection? It was, it was
5: after it got infected. Then, then when I helped him put air in his tire, uh, something, I thought it was healing, and now there's a black spot, and it's all red, and I've got a Band-Aid on it, so- Oh. I'll probably have to see what the doctor wants me to do from mm. now on out, and I and I was nervous from you know what I've been going through, and I bruised my the side of my chest, and now I have to find out what I can put on that, <laughs> you know. Mm. So it, and, well. and then with the pandemic, I think everything just snowballed a little bit, but I'm looking toward you and God to help me get through this, and I I know that I will, with with God's help, I'll get through this. I'm sure
3: yeah you seem to be taking on a lot yourself, and you're right you're not a professional caregiver it's not the skills or the things that you have and, no. <laughs> and you know and it becomes very problematic because now you're trying to you know figure out
5: yeah and it's been going on for over two years ever since his mother passed, and then he went in the halfway house. And I went to the health department and discussed it with them, and they said that because there was no representative from from the um, rehab center, they they couldn't speak for why he didn't get placed properly. In other words, he became homeless uh, because there was somebody threatening his life. In other words, they, they put him there, but they didn't check to see what kind of people were living there. And then when he became homeless, uh, I became his care. I, I, I had to take care of him. I had to keep him alive because his family didn't do anything while he was homeless. So it was sort of like a chain reaction. And now, you know, he's trying to better himself, but it's it's a slow, very slow process because he's let let things go so long that now it's even more difficult. And right now, he's living in a in a in an independent living home in El Cajon, but he's not getting the care that he needs there. And I tried several times to help him clean his car, and it's, that's not happening either. So, and, and in other words, he's a hoarder. He hoards things. So, it's like you said earlier, it sounds like it's an impossible situation unless he gets the proper health.
3: M- well, maybe from um, the- I, I'll tell you this, because uh, we're uh, up against the break uh, exactly. right here. Um, so, I'm going to put you on hold. And, um, and, and I'll have some thoughts when we return as to what I think you can actually do. So hang tight.
0: It is the Jesus Christ show. I am
3: your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in faith or in life and the afterlife. So when it comes to relationships of any kind, uh, you can only be 50% of the relationship. If you're too much more than that, then um, the balance is lost and it becomes um, too much to bear, or it can. Now, when you're a partner with someone, their pain is your pain, most certainly. And you want to be there for them. But just like you would not try and be their doctor or their lawyer, you can't be their caregiver if there are specific needs at hand that you are not not equipped for. You can love them and you can assist them. um, But you have to understand that in a relationship like that... um, that you end up taking on more than you know your average relationship and you have to think through it and set up guidelines and rules and you have to ask things of your partner and say uh, these are the things that I can do and I'm happy to help you and these are the things that I feel best equipped to do however outside of this you need to call So you can help build a plan or a structure is probably the best way to help someone become as self-sufficient as possible. It is a desire uh, of every human to be self-sufficient or at least it should be to the best of their ability. And a lot of times people that end up uh, losing certain faculties or certain abilities feel a lot of shame and uh, feel like a burden on people and their emotions and the way they express them come out through anger or frustration and the people in their lives end up taking that flack. So since we've talked about and focused on empathy today, um, have empathy and understand your limitations. If you really want to help, put together a structure. Here is a laminated one sheet that when this happens, this is who you call, this is who you speak to. If this happens, this is who you call, this is who you speak to. These are the things that can be done. Um, These are the things that are outside. Uh, So, if this happens, these are what you call me for, I'm happy to come and help. If this happens, it's outside of my expertise, and I want you to have the best care possible, these are the people that you should talk to. And parse it out so that it gives him some, in this case, some uh, strength and some responsibility in the direction of his own care. And um, you can do the footwork and call initially and say, um, this is uh, the situation I'm in. These are the needs that he has. Uh, who would he talk to? And they'll say, this is who he talks to, or this is who he should call. Great. Fine jump through the hoops for him in, 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 early on and do that kind of uh, heavy lifting, fine. You're going to have to do it once, then once it's written down you give him that card uh that that sheet of paper with a breakdown of who to call when and why and then he can use that that is helpful um but to be uh, on call is not going to help you or him and ultimately the connection of the relationship that is at the center of all this because the the dynamic is going to change and you still need to have that relationship in uh, good standing as well because that's going to make everybody healthier and and stronger and more focused. So keep those uh, things in mind. There's a lot going on in the world right now. And I know that there's a lot of pain. I'm hoping you're listening. I'm hoping you're being empathetic to others, whether it be... Uh, COVID and the need to protect others in the community, whether it be Black Lives Matter and understanding that a system that protects or helps 80% of the population and leaves out 20% is not a good system at all. And that when you stand together, there's power in that. And you don't have to agree across the board. I'm sure that as a Christian, you are not a fan of certain denominations. But you stand with them in the brotherhood of Christ, in the sisterhood of Christ, and the body of Christ. And in doing that, um, there, there will be change. And change is very powerful. Read through Scripture. See that the command's on you as a believer and a person of faith is to have that empathy, to connect with people, find their story, understand their story, and stand with them when they need help. Uh, because in that is the true love of Christ and the focus of Christianity. And without that, there is no cri- Christianity. Remember these words. I am with you. Always. I